0: I want to read this text, but I want to read a a quote from here just to make sure as we go into the book of Revelation, you're going to hear a lot of description today about Jesus. And the way I want you to do this is this. Revelation is nothing if it's not focused on Jesus Christ. It is difficult, though, to sustain focus when there are so many fascinating symbols to pursue and so many intriguing subjects to take up. So we have to be highly disciplined in our imagination to remember to focus on Jesus. But that is the only way revelation can be read sanely. That's what he says here. So I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to talk about this a little bit, okay? Okay. This is from Revelation 1 9. I, John, am your brother and your partner in suffering in God's kingdom and in the patient endurance to which Jesus calls us. Now, before we get very far, there's a lot right there. I could preach that whole thing right there for a long time. Jesus, I'm your brother, your partner in your current suffering. I live where you live, the things that go wrong in your life or the things that go wrong in my life we 're right there together that 's the moment of of actually I know who you are and you know who I am because we 've been through it together, and we're going through it. Is there anybody in the room that 's going through something right now that doesn 't want to be alone in that you You want to be alone you want to you want to have friends right you you want to I am your brother and your partner in the suffering. As we do this, it's also important to hear Jesus say, I am. And then he says, I was. And so here it is. And and I'm also a partner in God's kingdom. He made us heirs to the kingdom in the past. When we met him, we became fellow heirs. I am a partner I was, I made you a partner in the kingdom of heaven and also in the patient endurance to which Jesus called us to. I am, I was, and I will be. I am with you. In the past when we met, we became heirs to the kingdom, but now in the future, we will also have to have some patient endurance because Jesus calls us to that. I, John says, I was exiled to the island of Patmos for teaching and preaching the word of God and the testimony about Jesus. How many of us have suffered a little bit for mentioning Jesus or we've had somebody look uh, sideways at us or, or maybe sneer at us because we talked about Jesus. Do you know what happened to John? He got sent to a prison island where they mined things hoping that the prisoners would die. That's Patmos, and he was there during the reign of Domitian, and he's writing at this, this time. It was on the Lord's Day, that's a Sunday thing, and I was worshiping in the Spirit, and suddenly I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. Now, before I get very far, I just want to make sure we're about to enter into the abundant image zone. There's going to be a lot of images. As, I get, as we get later in this book, he's going to have some message to individual churches, and every one of these description is going to be handled there, and I'll spend a lot of time on it there. But today, just let the picture enhance your vision of who Jesus is. Write it in a book, everything you see, and send it to the seven churches in the city of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands. And standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man, and he was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest, and his head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire, his feet were like polished bronze refined in the furnace and his voice thundered like a mighty ocean wave. He held seven stars in his right hand and a sharp two-edged sword came out of his mouth and his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. Just, just for a moment, let's just take this image in and, and just go, this is the Lord high and lifted up from Isaiah six. When I saw the Lord high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple, it goes on and it describes it. And he says, woe is me says Isaiah. Woe is me. I am undone for I am a sinful man and I live amongst a sinful people. When you come up against the glory of the Lord, just pure and holy, right? White hair, the whole thing, just perfect, you see this and you become aware of who you are not. He, that's not necessarily judgment from the throne. It's just the way it is. It, just as though, this is one of my examples about this. If we were treasury agents and we all had our jobs and we'd get a little badge, the first nine months they'd have us handling real money. And then after that they'd give us the fake money and we go, ew, that's not real because we'd handled the real thing. When we come up against this Lord, we know who we're not. He's not necessarily judging us, but we are suddenly aware. And this is what he does. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last the living one i died but look i am alive forever and ever and i hold the keys of death and the grave write down what you have seen both the things that are now happening and the things that will happen this is the meaning of the mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and the seven gold lampstands the seven stars are the angels of the church and the seven lampstands are the seven churches So when we see this, when we begin to see this, what we have is seven gold lampstands and they're lit. I want you to begin to hear if those lampstands are the churches and the lights are the angels of the churches. Angels is an interesting word here. It could be the witness of the church. It could be the message of the churches. It could be, right, it's not necessarily a heavenly being here, but the the gospel that's presented from those churches. I want you to begin to think I am the light of the world, says Jesus. And the light comes in the lampstands and lights the world, and the whole world sees who Jesus is because of the witness of those churches. But this Lord, this Lord who's high and lifted up, and, and John's response is this, Whoa, I, help, I fell at his feet as though dead. I've seen the Lord, and he is Holy. But I want you to remember something right in the midst of that thing that this Jesus that we talked about our favorite images the, that we walk along the beach or we've got a cottage in our heart or where he's holding us in his hand this what a friend we have in Jesus. Is this one over here too? So we have what a friend of Jesus, the the Galilean carpenter's son who walks beside us and knows who we are from Nathaniel this morning in the Bible reading and loves us and he sees us and he walks alongside of us and is merciful and healing and all that stuff. He is also this Lord high and lifted up. There is more going on in the world than we know. But one of the things we need to do is this. We need to recognize that we have a friend in Jesus. But if we only have a friend in Jesus and he's not the Lord high and lifted up. He can't affect or he can't help us when we come up against our real problem which is death. Now, some of us don't really think we have a death problem, and we don't if we have Jesus. But if you don't know Jesus, and the snow is coming off the roof. That's what that is. (laughs) But if if you know Jesus, then you no longer have a death problem because he has the keys to death and Hades. But he is also your friend, the one who walks alongside you on the beach, the one who carries you in this spot, but... If you only have this Lord high and lifted up. All you have is this moment where you're saying, Lord, have mercy on me. And he does show mercy. Don't don't look past this moment where the Lord takes his hand and says, don't worry. Just don't be afraid. I've got you. So right in that moment, the Lord that is high and lifted up is also your friend. What a friend we have in Jesus guy who walks alongside you, but it's important to remember that the, what a friend we have in Jesus is how we begin to know who he is and what his character is like, but what his character like also has the full force of the Lord's power. And glory and majesty. And how much so do we know this? Well, look at this. This is the image. One standing like the son of man. Wearing a long robe and gold chest. With white hair and white as snow. Daniel 7 verses 7 and 9. This is the Lord. They call him the ancient of days. The I am, the I was, and I will be. But there they're describing God, but now this is Jesus. Jesus is God. But it's, it's, it's the clarity of the vision at this moment. And his hair, white as wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like fire. When he sees you, just recognize that he sees you and knows who you are. There's no fooling this God. Have you ever had somebody you've ever been near and they look at you and you just knew they knew something about you, they just looked right through you? They got you just like that. Have you ever had somebody's penetrating eye? Jesus, his eyes are like flames of fire penetrating, purifying, seeing, and yet he still is the one who puts his hand on you and says, don't be afraid. I see who you are. I know who you are. I'm the one who conquered death and I've got you. There's more. Okay, so here's one. I just want you to know his feet were like polished bronze refined in the furnace and his voice thundered like a mighty ocean. Now I've read 15 commentaries on the Polished bronze feet, and I now have 16 opinions. And I would like to say majesty, power, solid. Now, one of the, a lot of the commentaries bring up Nebuchadnezzar's statue in his dream where it had a gold head and, and the final kingdoms and his feet were of clay and breakable, that his feet, that this bronze is, is an unshakable kingdom. Now I know what the I know what the bronze means when it's in the letter from Thyatira because they make a special bronze there and he's saying don't look after your own things come to the real maker of it but here it's different and I know what it means to have his voice thunder like waves because this is in Acts Paul who writes about 40% of the New Testament has gathered letters from the leaders in Jerusalem because he wants to take out the church and he's on the way to Damascus and he's got these letters and right in the middle of the road is this bright and shining light. The Shekinah glory of the Lord shows up right in the middle of the road in front of him and says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he goes and he falls down as dead and says, In a voice with the trumpets and all this stuff, he says, Lord, who are you? And the voice out of the glory of God says, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. The voice of trumpets, the one who when we see him high and exalted, we know that he is the Lord. But don't ever let go of this moment that he is the Lord, but he is also the one who walks beside us in the midst of our struggles, who has been there and knows that he's just like John. I know you in the midst of this struggle and I'm partners in that struggle with you and I'm also partners in the kingdom of God with you and I'm a partner in the obedience that we are called to. Jesus is there with us. So, what do you hope Jesus will do and say to you when you're having troubles in your life? Do you hope that as a church, and this is from one of the commentaries, he's sort of doing this, when you come and you have trouble, how does the Lord respond to you? Does if we have trouble and, and we're being persecuted, does do we hope the Lord will come and give us a plan to build up a task force on political terror so we'll learn how to deal with it more better? Or perhaps this, I'm reading from a commentary, no, by giving John a set of new programs to be implemented in various congregations on the mainland, is that what you hope he will do when he's in the Lord's spirit that day? no. Do you all, maybe he'll hope that in the midst of this struggle, God will help us form a resistance movement and we'll fight up and rise up against the the enforcing kingdom that we don't like. Or perhaps on a church level, it says here that we'll... He'll give God more cash. God will give John more cash for the church budget so all the bills can be paid and everything. But that is not what he does in the midst of the struggle. He pulls back the curtain to show you exactly who Jesus is. So if you're struggling with something and you want a program and you need this stuff, there are some of those things. But if you come to the Lord in the midst of your struggle, what you get is the Lord high and lifted up, even if he's got his hand on you saying, don't worry, I've got you, don't be afraid. But in the midst of that struggle, what we need more than anything else is a vision of who Jesus is. We need that more than we need a plan for how to politically stretch our world better in our vision and reshape it. And we need it more than we need extra 15 programs in the church. And we need it more than a fulfilled budget. Now, we need some of those things. But what we need more than any of those things is this, a view of who Jesus is, complete. And whole and so you have this picture of Jesus of the carpenter's son who who walked the land that we got to know and and the people who saw him said he does everything well and that is Jesus but don't forget that Jesus is also this one with the glory and the honor lifted up high because he has overcome death and is there with us now the main picture of this seven gold lampstands is that he is amongst the lampstands and those lampstands is the churches so if you're thinking he's far away even if he's that mag- majestic one or he's the carpenter he's so far away the picture here is that in the midst of the churches he is alive and moving and active that he's not 35 million miles away just stirring the pot with his finger. But he's walking amongst his people in the lampstands. And those lampstands is the light. He is the light of the world and we bear that light. Because he is our partner that way. There is more to say. There is always more to say about who Jesus is. But if this is only your vision of Jesus, I invite you to enlarge your vision to see him as the Lord as well as the friend. Maybe you only see him as the Lord and not the friend, but this is the important part of this text that right in the midst of this majesty and this radiant glory and these images that are so profound... He puts his hand on John and says, don't be afraid. What a friend we have in Jesus is still present in that Lord, high and lifted up. This is who Jesus is. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you so much. Open our eyes, inform our imagination, but also... Give us the will to focus on who you are. And then we can begin to work on the situation. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Amen.